Good morning for Friday, December 8, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Keystone of Mideast Talks sent askew. Franken, bruised by accusations, will quit Senate. And Green Energy faces setbacks in new tax bill. In today's national headlines, it burns and it keeps burning in California. Trump ally in the House says he will step down. And FBI director says there's no bias in Russia inquiry. In today's business headlines, GE says it will slash jobs over shift in energy. Global regulators move to prevent next financial crisis. And electric cars in Mexico, autonomous vehicles in Michigan. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is a news analysis titled Keystone of Mideast Talks Sent Askew, written from Washington by the editors of the New York Times. President Trump, in formally recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel on Wednesday, declared that the United States still supported a two-state solution to settle the conflict between the Israelis and Palestinians, provided it was agreed to by both sides. For the first time in his 26 years as a peacemaker, the chief negotiator for the Palestinians did not agree. Sayyab Arakat, the Secretary General of the Palestine Liberation Organization and a steadfast advocate for a Palestinian state, said in an interview on Thursday that Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel have managed to destroy that hope. He embraced a radical shift in the PLO's goals to a single state, but with Palestinians enjoying the same civil rights as Israelis, including the vote. They've left us with no option, he said. This is the reality. We live here. Our struggle should focus on one thing, equal rights. Arakat's change of heart is unlikely to change Palestinian policy. The dream of a Palestinian state is too deeply ingrained in a generation of its leaders for the Palestinian Authority to abandon it now. Israel would be unlikely to accede to equal rights because granting a vote to millions of Palestinians would eventually lead to the end of Israel as a Jewish state. But the fact that Arakat is speaking openly about it attests to the turmoil caused in the Middle East by Trump's recognition of Jerusalem, more so than the protests that erupted in the West Bank, which injured dozens of people but were less intense than expected. The comments of senior Palestinians like Arakat capture the profound sense of despair. Administration officials strenuously reject the argument that Trump has foreclosed a two-state solution. He recommitted himself to brokering what he has called the ultimate deal between the two sides, they said. He studiously avoided taking a position on the eventual borders of sovereignty of Jerusalem, and he called for status quo in the administration of the Jewish and Muslim holy sites in the old city of Jerusalem. We want an agreement that is a great deal for the Israelis and a great deal for the Palestinians, Trump said. Beyond the president's words, there were other signs he is serious about his intentions. On the same day that he signed his name with a flourish to a proclamation recognizing Jerusalem as the capital, he quietly signed another document that will delay the move of the American embassy to the city for at least six months and probably much longer. Avoiding a move of the embassy is a way of avoiding geographic definition, said Martin Indyke, 
a former American ambassador to Israel. Avoiding any geographic definition of their recognition of Jerusalem looks like their effort to keep the peace process alive. This is the second story on the front page. Franken, bruised by accusations, will quit Senate. Reported from Washington by the editors of the New York Times. Senator Al Franken of Minnesota, in an emotional speech on the Senate floor, announced on Thursday that he would resign from Congress, the most prominent figure in a growing list of lawmakers felled by charges of sexual harassment or indiscretions. At turns defiant and mournful but hardly contrite, Franken called it the worst day of my political life, as he denied allegations of groping and improper advances from at least six women. Instead, he took a parting shot at President Trump and Roy Moore, the Republican candidate for Senate in Alabama. Both have also been accused of sexual misconduct. I, of all people, am aware that there's some irony in the fact that I'm leaving while a man who has bragged on tape about his history of sexual assault sits in the Oval Office, and a man who has repeatedly preyed on young girls' campaigns for the Senate with the full support of his party, Franken said. Hours later, Representative Trent Franks, a Republican from Arizona, resigned after the House Ethics Committee opened an investigation into allegations of sexual harassment, a move that made him the third member of Congress to leave under a cloud of claims of sexual impropriety in three days. On Tuesday, Representative John Conyers, a Democrat from Michigan, also quit. Democrats and their leaders forced Conyers and Franken out in a succession of seemingly coordinated statements that made clear that their continued presence would be untenable. Franken stepped down one day after nearly all the Senate's Democratic women and most...